We're doing week two of the dream part. We're in week seven already. I can't believe it. It's just flown by. Last week, we just did some preliminary stuff about dreams, and I talked to you about the 20 most common dreams. Tonight, I want to talk to you, start the conversation, and we'll finish next week on the 20 types of dreams. The reason that's important is if you know the different ways God could speak to you through a dream, it really helps you sometimes to hone in on what he's saying to you. So we'll just get as far as we get tonight. Um, I didn't put these really in order. I decided I want to finish on a positive note always. So I just kind of front-loaded it with the more negative ones, and we're just going to breeze past those, just so you know about them. Um, And then I have quite a few I'm going to share with you tonight. And also, I want to, I think I figured out the way this is going to finish up. Next week, we'll do the last part on dreams. Then we have Halloween. So if we actually have a service on Halloween, it'll probably just be a question and answer. Because I know a lot of people will be out. Um, The next week, I'm going to plan on giving my testimony on how God healed me. And we're going to pray for the sick. Okay? I mean, we're going to pray for the sick and believe God's going to heal them. So if y'all know people that are sick, I just invite you to bring them. Because, you know, the spirit, when you give your testimony, the spirit of... uh, my mind just went blank how that goes. It's, it's the spirit of prophecy. And so when you release the testimony into the atmosphere, the same power is released into the atmosphere. And God healed me of some major stuff, lots of big stuff. I was on 10 prescriptions at one time. Could have been on disability. So, I mean, God's a good God, and he heals. So I'm just really believing that when we have that service, God's going to do some stuff. So... Anyway, y'all be thinking about that. Um, And then the week after will be our last one, and I want to do prophetic evangelism because we've talked about all these things, and I want you to see what God can do with it. I have some crazy pictures. I've been to Burning Man. I've done several events in the park, dream interpretation, different things. And so I'm going to have a slideshow. Y'all are going to probably see me like you've never seen me. And um, so that'll be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. I decided to save it till last just because I want you to get a flavor of all the different things God can show you. But then we need to activate that. I mean, he doesn't just show it to us just to show it to us. He gives it to us so that we can do something with it. Um, I guarantee you, I can't wait to get to heaven and see some of the things that were accomplished that I'll never know about, probably till I get there. And it's just so fun to think little old scared me got to go to Burning Man with 70,000 people, crazy people, <laughs> and that God could use me just because I've said yes and pursued him. So it's not, you know, it's not like I was qualified for this. I just went for it. And anybody in here can do the same thing. I'm not special. I'm just someone who didn't give up. So so tonight, um, let's see. I'll just start. And like I said, I front-loaded the more negative ones at the front just because we're just going to kind of breeze through those. Flushing dreams. These dreams need to go right down the toilet. God gives these dreams to shower off the dirt of daily activities. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We have issues that get onto us, and God showers them off. Remember, we talked about that one dream where sometimes you'll have a shower in a dream. It can just be God showering things off. Why does he do that? So it doesn't take root in us. God showers it off before it can stain us. So say you come into contact with someone who has problems with lust and sexual sin, and then that night you have a dream about having sex with someone you're not married to. Most people panic, and they think, oh no, I have a problem. 
If you don't have a problem in that area, that's not what it is. It's just a way of God just washing that thing off of you. Um, and it's really just the spirit that was affecting the person. It's the the it's just coming out in a dream, and that's a good way to get rid of it. So you don't want to write those dreams down. You don't need them interpreted. They just flush right down the toilet, okay? They're just washing you off. It'd be like saving bath water. You don't want to do that. Um, so again, if you don't have a problem in that area, that's not what it is, okay? John Paul Jackson, oh, and I skipped this. A lot of this material right here comes from John Paul Jackson's teaching series. It's called Understanding Dreams and Visions. It's a six-CD set, and I have a list at the end that they're going to put up of some resources. It's excellent. It's really excellent. And he, I, I love, I don't have this written down, but I love the example he gave with this specific thing. He was, I can't remember what kind of job he was doing, but he went out to a mine, and he was dressed in a light-colored suit, all dressed up. And those guys, he said, I could tell they were up to something, but I didn't know what they were up to. And he said, well, you want to come down in the mine with me? And so he thought, well, yeah, that'd be fun. So he goes down. He doesn't touch a thing. They're down there. When he comes back up to the top, his suit is black. And they were laughing because they knew that would happen. And that's kind of what happens sometimes. We don't have to touch it. Sometimes it's just because we're in the environment of it. But it doesn't stick to us. It's not like that suit where it sticks to us. God can just wash that right off. So we don't have to be afraid of being around people. I've heard people say, oh, don't touch that person because something might jump on you. That's silly. I mean, God lives inside of us. The, the enemy is not stronger than what we carry. So we don't have to be afraid of interacting with anybody. You, you shouldn't hold back thinking, you know, what if something they're doing affects me? God's got you covered. You don't have to worry about that. Okay, let's see. Number two, false dreams. And there's some scriptures associated with these. These come right from Satan. And he can give you a dream. And you can almost always tell by the tone. The color and the tone of the dream. You're going to wake up and you're just going to you feel it. It feels different. Zechariah 10.2 for the teraphim speak iniquity, and the diviners see lying visions and tell false dreams. Jeremiah 29, 8-9. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams they dream. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name, and I have not sent them. So everything you hear is not from the Lord, and that's why we have to use discernment, okay? God gives us all the ability to learn to discern his voice, and so we don't have to be afraid of those things, but we do need to be aware of them. Some people just want to blindly follow whatever someone says, and we have to be more discerning than that. There's a lot of weirdness going on in the world, and we just need to pay attention. We don't have to be afraid of it. God's a good father. He's going to teach us. He's not going to let us go down the right, the wrong road. But we do need to pay attention. Amen. Number three, body dreams. These dreams can come from physical illness. Your dreams can be strange because you're fighting off infection or disease. They can also come, come from pregnancy as hormones and chemicals change in your body. Those of y'all that have had babies, do you get weird dreams? A lot of people do. Also, at some point, they say the baby starts dreaming. So their dreams mix with yours, and it can be really weird. And it scares people because they don't understand what it is. It's, it's just what's going on. So you don't have to worry about those dreams. Chemical dreams, number four. Drugs or alcohol of any kind can affect your dreams. Coming down from a high can cause nightmares. Many everyday medications can interfere with your dreaming. Okay? It really can. So if you're sick, your dreams can be weird. If you're taking medication, it can definitely influence your dreams. Most of the time, it just stops them. 
It's harder to dream when you're on medication. Dark dreams. These are grayscale, muted colors, black and white dreams. They're second heaven dreams that reveal Satan's plans. And why is that? Satan has got no color. God's full of light. Satan is darkness. So his, those dreams tend to be dark. Um, sometimes God lets you have those dreams so that you can see Satan's plans in your life. It can be a real good heads up. Go, oh, wow, I didn't know that was going on. And then you know how to pray. And sometimes you can see those for other people. And so you know how to pray for that person. And I've said this again uh, before, and I'll say it again. If you dream about a person in a situation and it's a literal dream, don't go run and tell them until you pray about it. It may be just for you. It may be something that would totally flip them out. Might make them very afraid and open a door for fear. So just pray first. Just make it a habit before you share things. Just pray. God will tell you. If you have peace about it, then, then you can do it. If you don't have peace, don't share it. But you can sure pray for them. Now, the exception would be sometimes you can have a black and white dream, but there's this one element that's really vivid. Well, the whole point of it being black and white is to draw attention to that element. So if you have a dream like that, really pay attention. Uh, we did one, I can't remember it really, but there was, it was all black and white, and there was this brilliant blue bird. Okay, so that was the important element of that dream. So every black and white dream isn't from the devil. It's not a dark dream. But you'll know just by how you feel about it. Spiritual warfare dreams. These can be fantastic because you can actually win a spiritual battle in a dream. And I'm going to read you one of mine that that actually happened. Um, they're often, they involve some sort of life-threatening event. They can come in the form of nightmares. Um, you can actually win the battle and stop the attack as we let God's Spirit flow through us. You can actually train yourself as you pay attention to your dreams to pray and bind the enemy in your dream. I've gotten better and better at that. I had nightmares for so many years, and I, I catch myself if I ever start having a bad dream. I, I'm praying in the dream, and it stops it. So I'm going to read you mine. It's called, Force, I named it Forcefully Defeating the Spirit of Fear. Because in my life, just lots of different situations, I was completely covered up with fear for years. And so I'd come a long way with it and was really praying because I want to be free of that. I could never do some of the things God wanted me to do and be that afraid. So... This was back in 2012. I was somewhere with family away from home. That night, I walked across the street to the store. On my way back, a tall and very strong-looking man, probably in his 20s, grabbed me and started forcing me to walk with him. And remember, dreams are metaphors. They're not literal. This wasn't literally going to happen to me, okay? So don't get scared about that. I knew he was going to rape me, and for a moment, I had great fear. But as we got close to an area where his friends were, something rose up in me that I knew Jesus was in me was stronger than him and all his friends combined. It just like, it became so real to me that I did not have to be afraid of him. I started speaking very forcefully to the spirit controlling him and was surprised at the boldness I felt. As I spoke, his face started changing shapes. At first, it would be one small area, like, like a thing would pop out over here. But then it was like his whole face changed, and he was just grotesque looking. It was a spirit of fear is what it was. Let's see. His friends were freaking out and running away. The man tried to run away from me, but I wouldn't let him go. I knew I was stronger and was determined to cast that spirit out. It was so crazy. It totally changed. I was like a crazy, fearless warrior. In the end, the spirit fled and the man received Jesus. I remember being back with my family, telling them the story. 
Y'all, I woke up a different person after this dream. It was like the, the remnants of that fear that about fear of people and fear of doing things. I woke up a different person. And it's like something really happened here. And that can happen in dreams. And it's a great place to get rid of your spiritual battles. <laughs> it's a lot less painful. Okay. Number seven, fear dreams. These are not warning dreams. You need to know the difference. These come from our own fears and are often seen as nightmares. When you let your mind meditate on things that cause you fear, it opens the door and gives the enemy legal right to attack you. When we dwell on things and we meditate on things like that, it's like we're just, here you go. We open the door for him, and he has legal authority to come and harass us. So we, don't have, we, we need to stop it. And I had to learn to stop doing some of that myself. Um, these dreams increase your fear, which opens the door wider to, to attack. So it's like a vicious circle when you get into that. 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. God will not speak to you out of fear. Now, you might have a dream and you feel kind of pretty convicted, or you know you need to do something, but God does not speak to you out of fear. Philippians 4.8, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence in anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Don't dwell on things that make you afraid. It's a vicious circle, and it just it, it increases the enemy's grip on you is what it does. The enemy often attacks children who are gifted in the revelatory realm with nightmares. And boy, this happened to me. It makes them afraid of dreams and the supernatural. It just kind of shuts them down. That's what it did with me. I didn't want to dream. I didn't want to have anything to do with it because it was terrifying. So parents, please pay attention to your kids' dreams. If they're having nightmares, you can pray over them and take authority over that. You, have, you are their covering, and you have the authority to stand with them against that. Um, I... I wish my parents had known that. They just didn't know it. But we can save our kids a lot of trauma that maybe we went through. Um, please, if you have sensitive children, please be careful what you let them watch, the kind of games they play. It can absolutely get all over them because they're sensitive to the spirit behind it. There are things I just don't watch. And they're fine for a lot of people. It's not that they're bad. But for me personally, I can't do it. There are quite a few things. I noticed an immediate change. Um, there's been a couple of times I've thought, oh, that's not bad. And I was bored and wanted to watch something. And I watched it. And I felt an immediate change. And I just repented and told Holy Spirit I was sorry because he was showing me not to watch that. I felt it and I ignored it. So, you know, he doesn't ever leave us. But we can sure his effect upon us can certainly diminish. So, you know, if you feel bad about something, don't violate your conscience. And with your kids, it's really important. Number eight, soul dreams. These are dreams involving your mind, will, and emotions. You can dream your own opinion about things if it becomes strong enough in you. You can want something so badly that you dream about it and then believe it's from God. People do this all the time. Because of soulish dreams, many people wait for certain things to happen in their lives before they'll move forward with God or they make decisions which are totally non-scriptural because they want it so bad they've convinced themselves it's okay, that God's making an exception for them. Can I tell you that's not going to happen if it violates the word of God, it is not from him. He will not violate his own word. Jeremiah 29, 8 through 9. Do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you. 
and do not listen to the dreams they dream, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name, and I have not sent them, declares the Lord. We don't have to be afraid of this, but we need to pay attention to ourselves. Um, it can be anything. It can be things that you want, like you really want a new house and you can't afford one. And you can think about it so much, you can start dreaming about it and think, wow, God wants me to do this, and you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. So you just, you just need to pay attention. Number nine, deliverance dreams. You can have, uh, you can remove demonization and attack in our lives we can have dreams that they literally yank the demonic out of you that's a fantastic way to get delivered <laughs> i haven't seen this but i know people that have it's an amazing thing um sometimes we might have a problem we're praying about and we don't know how to overcome it and god will remove it in a dream he's so kind <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we worry so much about messing up with God and not doing things the right way, but he's so good. And when we don't know what to do, he just sometimes takes care of it. So we can trust him. Okay, number 10, calling or destiny dreams. I love these. They reveal the vocation or ministry God has created for you. Or it can just be showing you a deeper level of something you've been looking for. People often receive these dreams years before they come to pass. It's just like a prophetic word. You might get a word and you're all excited about it. It's a couple years down the road and you're thinking, what happened? <laughs> well, God's busy taking care of things that would keep you from stepping into, that would keep you from stepping into that. Dreams can be exactly the same way. When he shows us something, if we believe him, we start making choices and going in a certain direction. That's what happened with me. He started showing me things, and I didn't know how it was going to happen. I couldn't imagine being up here. I couldn't imagine he showed me being up here, and it scared me to death. But I trusted him, and I thought, well, I'm going to let you worry about the details, and I'm just going to follow you. And so that's basically, we just have to partner with him. Many children receive calling dreams, and parents can do a lot to encourage them and help them prepare for their destiny. If you know a prophetic word over your child's life, you can do a whole lot to encourage that. That's really good. So I've got a, some dreams on that. The first one is called Eyes Turn Blue. I wish I could get a whiteboard and that we could work through these. We would hardly get to anything if we did that. Um, I did a 13-week series on these and didn't cover everything. <laughs> so I just want to give you all an idea so that you can start seeing the different ways God can talk to you this way. Um, I dreamed that I, and these aren't my dreams, this isn't my dream. I dreamed that I was looking in the mirror and my eyes changed to a color of blue that I hadn't seen before. The next dream, I'm looking in a mirror again, only this time my hair starts growing out white. At one point, my hair was half white from the roots down midway, and the other half was my natural hair color. It just kept growing. Then I woke up. I do have blue eyes, but not that color of blue. Now, if you don't know what any of those things stand for, that doesn't make much sense to you. The first thing in interpreting a dream, you need to figure out who the focus is. Is it the dreamer or is it somebody else? Unless you're a big-time intercessor, most of your dreams are going to be about you, like 97 98%. So in this one, this is truly about the dreamer. They're looking at themselves in the mirror. It's, it's about them. So then you start looking at some of the major sub-focuses, things you want to interpret. We have this mirror, right? They're looking in a mirror. Um, it's a revelation of yourself. You're seeing yourself. It can also be about your identity, but in this one, it's about they're seeing themselves. And then their eyes turn blue. Well, blue has everything to do with revelation, and it also can be communion with God, and it 
can be stand for the prophetic. But a lot of t most of the time it's about revelation. So you have your eyes, which talk about understanding and revelation because you're seeing things, and you have them turning blue, which is about revelation. And then we have this hair growing. I used to have, I used to see myself all the time with long hair, and at the time I had short hair. And uh, I always saw myself with long hair, and I, I didn't know why. And Carol said, well, maybe you should grow your hair out. <laughs> maybe it won't happen to your hair as long. I thought, I don't think that's it. But Well, then my friend Kathy Johnson, somehow it came up one time, and she goes, oh, man, that's so great, because long hair is wisdom. And so God was showing me. I didn't know what it meant for a while, but he was showing me that he was giving me wisdom. So, and then also, what color was this hair? It's white or gray. Well, that typically stands for wisdom. It's an older person that's been able to accumulate some wisdom. So here's the interpretation I got. God is bringing about increase in your revelatory gifting. You will also begin to grow in the necessary wisdom and understanding you need to be able to use this gift as God intends. This process will not be instantaneous, right? They keep seeing it growing progressively. But as you remain faithful, your ability will grow. This would be so encouraging to somebody. So this is a calling dream, but almost all of them are encouraging also. That's one of the types. Okay, I love this dream. This one's called Eagle. I'm going somewhere on a dirt road surrounded by trees. Suddenly, an eagle the size of a dinosaur appears in my path. I would like this dream. <laughs> Almost like it materialized instantly. It's looking down at me, and it covers the entire road. That's a big eagle. I awaken. And then he puts a note. The trees were like a mature forest on each side. I know you know what that means. <laughs> okay, so who is this dream about? Who's the focus? Is it the dreamer? Yeah, this is definitely about the dreamer. And we have several elements. We have this dirt road. And a lot of times when you're on a road, it's like your path in life. And so in this, it's the dreamer's spiritual path. And then we have this eagle the size of a dinosaur. Well, eagles have everything to do with the prophetic. And it's, a, it's big. Whatever it is, it's big. And I thought it was interesting. It's looking down at the person. There's no confusion of where, why that eagle's there. It's looking right at them. It's not looking over here. It's not looking over here. It's looking right at them. And then some key details. The dreamer's surrounded by trees. Well, trees tend to stand for leaders. And they can also stand for someone who's mature. And then he, he says it, the trees are like a mature forest on each side. So the dreamer has surrounded himself, and he's protected by mature leaders. So that's a good place to be. So here's my interpretation. You're actively walking down the spiritual road God has placed before you, and you have been careful to surround yourself with the safety of leadership and others who are deeply rooted and mature in their faith. It's a really safe place to be. Jesus is coming suddenly, right? It just materialized. To extend a call to you in the prophetic and revelatory gifts. This may appear huge in your eyes, right? It was the size of a dinosaur. But he's looking at you, not those surrounding you. So this is for the dreamer. This isn't for the people he's lined up with. This is for the dreamer. So that would be such an encouraging dream and a calling dream. This dreamer might not know they had anything prophetic in them like me. I mean, I had no idea. That's the one thing I knew I didn't have. I think I told all the story. I took a test one time, and out of about 30 questions, I got two. <laughs> so definitely not prophetic. Well, that was just a test, you know. God had other plans. And then I'll do one more on these. This is called Left Behind. 
I had this dream when I was about 10 years old before I got saved. It's been many years, but I still remember it. I was standing by the garage outside our gate. I looked up and saw my mother going up into the sky in her nightgown, along with many other people. I believed they were all going to heaven, but I didn't know why I wasn't going with them. So this is a 10-year-old. Once everything was gone, I could see and hear the sky closing up. After that, it got dark, and hundreds of bats came out flying all over the place. I didn't know what to do. After the dream, I was troubled that I needed to be right with God. So where do you think that idea came from? That's a dream from the Lord. So who's this about? Dreamer. And then we have his mother in this dream. She's literal. And we'll talk about people. Most of the time, people in your dreams aren't literal. And I'll give you, I'll go over this in a minute, um, three questions to ask to help you figure out if, if the person is literal in your dream. And then he's standing by a gate. Well, a gate is all about entering, your ability to enter. And he saw them going up into the sky. They were going up into the third heaven. They were going to heaven. And he somehow knew that he wasn't going. And then you have these bats. What do you think that might stand for? Demons. Yeah. So here's my interpretation. In this dream, God was showing you the destination of Christians, right? They're going to heaven and helping you to understand you were not included in this group. Maybe he's raised in a Christian home and didn't realize he needed to do something to be saved. God allowed you to see a small representation of life without him. Got really dark, those scary bats. So you would realize your need for God. I got an excellent on this one. <laughs> um, that's such a great dream, y'all. That's an evangelistic dream. This person, I mean, it says, before I was saved, so I obviously got saved. God's given dreams to people all over the world right now. I hear them all the time from people like Muslim people. Carol and I saw a guy named Mahesh Shabda one time, and I don't think he's ever been down in this part of the country. I think he said he could trace back his ancestry in Hindu for five, was it 500 years? 500 years, and they were like in the upper, they have that system where you have classes, and they were in the top, and God just revealed himself to him, and he became a Christian, lost, you know, basically lost his family and everything, but God's doing that all over the world right now. People are just, people are, are just hearing about him. This isn't in my notes, but I read this one thing. This guy was, uh, he was in, I think it was a Muslim country, and it was against the law to have Bibles. And he had snuck in all these Bibles, and his car broke down in the middle of the night in the, in the village square. <laughs> he was terrified. He didn't know what he was going to do. All of a sudden, it's the middle of the night. All the villagers start walking to his car, and he's thinking, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Well, what he didn't know was God woke up every person in the village with the same dream and told him there's someone waiting in the square and you have to get what he has for you. They all come to his car and he thinks, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dead man. <laughs> and they're like, what do you have for us? What is it? We want it. The whole village got saved. It's amazing what God can do. It doesn't matter if we're scared or not. You know, it's my motto, do it scared. <laughs> he thought he was a dead man. No, he was about to lead the whole village to Jesus. So this is happening all over the world. The Bible says he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, not just Christian flesh. He's going to pour it out on all flesh. So we need to be in a position where we can help these people understand what's happening. Because they're, they're going to have that in their heart. And if, if we're not there for them, who, who is? You know, we, we have to be prepared to answer people's questions and to help them. I mean, that's what Burning Man was like. All these 
crazy people, and we got to make deposits into their life. I mean, they don't even know what hit them. I can't wait till they figure it out one day. <laughs> I want to talk about it, but I'm going to wait. Okay. So number 11, warning dreams. Now these are dreams from God. This is totally different than a fear dream. A fear, is some, a fear dream comes from something you mull over in your mind, something you're afraid of. A lot of moms have fear dreams about their kids. It's because you worry about them. And so you'll have bad dreams about them, and then you think those things are real, and then you get more scared. Warning dreams are from the Lord, and he's warning you about something you're doing, and if you don't change it, that something's going to happen. So we don't like these, but they're valuable. They're really valuable. Often dreams of old relationships are warnings not to go back to things that once held your affection. They're not about you being attracted to someone from your past. It's almost always about something that captured your attention in the past that's trying to creep back in. It's important to remember that most dreams are not literal, so be careful about assuming that the people in your lives are literal. So here's the three questions. Do they look like themselves? Do they act like themselves? Do other people treat them like themselves? If it's not yes, it's probably not literal. Okay? They're representing something. So I ask that question all the time. Because it's really hard when you dream about people you know. You just want to assume that it's really about them. But a lot of times it's not. Okay, so I have some dreams. I used to work on a website, and I did a bunch of mentoring classes and stuff, and unfortunately, they're not around anymore. But I loved it because everything you did, they would grade it and give you feedback. If you missed it, they would give you feedback, and you could try again, and it was really helpful to learn that way. Okay, this one's called Old Feeling Surface. And this is one, I like to share this one because it has so many details. And the thing you have to learn about with dreams is a lot of times most of those details don't really mean anything. And what you have to learn is to call out the things. If it doesn't change the dream, toss it out. You don't have to... I used to think I'm very analytical, and I, I wanted to know why that white bunny was jumping on that yellow flower. I mean, you know. And so a lot of times we get real caught up in all the details, and we don't have to know all of them. So I'm standing in the front entrance lobby of an office building. The lobby is two stories tall, very bright and open with lots of glass windows. Windows are almost always important in dreams. They're about being able to see revelation a lot of times. I'm listening to a briefing from my boss who is standing in the middle of the lobby explaining something to a group of about 10 people, mostly men. And... In dreams, your boss a lot of times can be the Lord. It doesn't mean they deserve that. <laughs> um, it, they just He shows up that way a lot of times. Um, the group is facing the glass windows in the front door. My boss is facing us. I am not focused on what he's saying because a female former co-worker of mine, and then they put in quotations, whom I had a romantic interest in and pursued unsuccessfully for about four years, walks up and stands behind the group looking out the windows. She's wearing her coat and is waiting for someone. I feel jealous and disappointed because I assume she's waiting for her boyfriend. I am totally distracted from the briefing just thinking about her. Okay, that's a true statement. This dreamer's distracted. God's trying to share something with him, and he's distracted. Soon a good-looking man comes up to the door. She walks around our group and out of the building. They smile at one another and walk away. Now, we spent a long, we spent 40 minutes on this dream because we were all, we wanted to interpret all the details. Most of them are not important. And he says, I'm feeling the same disappointment and frustration that I felt years ago. Okay. So, who's this about? 
dreamer. And I told you about the windows. Anytime you have a dream and you see these big bank of bright windows, that's, that's a good thing. It's usually about vision, insight, revelation, because you see through windows. If the windows are all dirty and you can't see out them, that's different. Maybe, maybe your vision's clouded. And then we have the boss, who in this dream is God. And the dreamer is distracted. This is literal. He's really distracted. And then we have this female, and people would want to think it's, oh gosh, I'm thinking about her again. No, it's just something from the past that captured the dreamer's affection. And it's making him very distracted, and he can't hear what God's saying. And the key detail is he feels all this disappointment and frustration. That's true. That's, that's where dreamer is in their life right now. So here's the interpretation. And you always want to be really kind if you interpret a dream for someone. Even if it's something a little bit negative, you want to come at it from a positive. Because if you don't, they're just going to shut down. And they're not going to hear anything you have to say. So this is what I said. God, in his love and kindness, is warning you that something that captured your attention and affection in the past is resurfacing. This person's going to know exactly what you're talking about. You don't need to know. They don't need to tell you. If you allow yourself to become distracted with old thoughts and feelings instead of focusing on the new revelatory things God is currently offering, right? Everybody else is looking out these windows, but dreamers too distracted. You could miss out on what he's speaking to you. So he's warning him, if, if you don't do something about that, then this is what's going to happen. So that's a great dream. Because sometimes we don't even realize we're in that position. And so if God doesn't do something to reveal that to us, we just go further down that road. So it's really his goodness that he gives us those kind of dreams. Okay, this is a good one. This one's called Family Rat. That sound good? <laughs> I'm walking around my house and talking with my family. Suddenly, there is a big rat in the corner of the den staring at me. My sister said, Aw, look at that rat. It's so adorable. And my parents also loved it, but I hated it. Everywhere I went, the rat followed me, staring and squeaking at me. Then when I tried to touch it, it attacked me. I started to run from it, but it kept following me. Then it bit me on the ankle, and I slapped it with a broom. And my mom said, Aw, look at them play. <laughs> the family has no clue here. <laughs> so who's this dream about? Dreamer. And so what do we think about this rat? Does that sound like a good thing? It's something unclean. There's something unclean that the family is embracing, and the dreamer knows it's not good. The family in this dream is literal. It's really about his family. And, and remember, he reached out to touch the rat, and what did it do? It attacked him. And that's literal. And it bit him, but where did it bite him? His ankle. Your feet and ankles have to do with your walk, but your ankles specifically have to do with your faith. Okay? So here's the interpretation. Your family has allowed something to become part of their lives that's unclean. That rat's not clean. They see it as cute and adorable, but you know it's wrong. This person is going to know exactly what you're talking about. God is showing you that if you participate with them, he reached out to touch it, right? That's participating. The enemy will attack your faith. You cannot ignore this or run from it. You must fight. Even though your family does not see the truth, you must not participate and you must fight. This could be a lot of different things. I kind of get the feeling that it might be something like occultic or something like that something that's in the family that maybe they have no ideas, something not good, but it could be all kinds of things. So this is really good for the, for the dreamer to have because they could get mired down in the middle of all that 
And God in his goodness has given them a heads up so that they don't do that. It's really good. And it would also be very reassuring to them that what they're feeling is true. Because it's hard when your whole family thinks something's fine and you don't. That's hard. Okay, we'll do one more of these. It's called Bumblebee. And this is one I messed up on. It's real easy to focus on one particular thing and get it totally wrong. I'm standing alone outside when suddenly I felt something on the back of my leg, behind my knee. I thought to myself, what's that? I reached down and checked the back of my leg, and it was a bumblebee. The bee had just stung me, but I never felt it. Most people wouldn't think twice about this. I think, that's weird. Dreamed about a bumblebee. But it really means something. Um... So who is this dream about? The dreamer. And it's not always, but most of the time it is. And then we have this bumblebee. And the bumblebee is representing an attack. We, we talked a lot about this one too. And it stung him. And where did it sting him? Behind his knee. Knees have a lot, they, they represent prayer a lot of times because you kneel, you know, the picture, that's a common symbol for us to kneel when you're praying. So the, the correct interpretation is, this dream is warning you about something harming you in a crucial place in your walk, right? Because it's, your legs are about your walk, particularly in your prayer life, and you might not even know it. So it's just giving them a heads up. But what I did was, I see the first sentence where it says, I was standing alone outside, and this thing got him from behind. So I proceeded to use my gift of counsel, and I said, um, I gave him advice that they needed to be in relationship with other Christians who could watch their back. Well, that might be good advice, but that's not what the dream says. And when you're doing someone's dream, you can't add your own advice to it. It's really easy to do. We always want to fix things, and sometimes dreams don't, it doesn't give the answer, but we want to give them an answer. We can't do that. You just have to give what it says and then trust God to take care of the rest. We're just the messenger. We're not responsible to make sure they get the answer. Um, I take a lot of responsibility for things, so that was hard for me. (laughs) So that's one reason I wanted to share this one. Um, because the dream doesn't say anything about other people or anything. That was just, I see that alone. Oh, no, it got him from behind. He doesn't even know it. He needs people around him. Well, he probably does, but that's not what the dream says. So we don't want to start giving advice. And it's really easy to do if you know the person and you think you know what they need to do. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. You can't. You can't put in your own two cents worth as if it's part of the dream interpretation. That's it's not integrity when you do that. You have to be you just you just have to be above board on that kind of stuff. Now if they want to talk to you about advice, that's okay, but not as part of a dream interpretation. Okay. Oh, I gotta do this one. Let's see. Self conditioned dreams current condition dreams. These dreams reveal where you stand with God. In Genesis 20, verse 3, Abimelech and Sarah, he takes Sarah into his harem, and God gives him a dream. He's like, you're a dead man. (laughs) So he gave her right back and gave Abraham lots of money and stuff to go with it. So that's just an example. He was an evil king. He didn't know God, and God gave him a dream. To save Sarah because Abraham messed up sometimes. Um, so I have a dream called Martyrdom. And sometimes it's really important to put a title on your dreams because it was really obvious to me what this person was thinking the dream was about just from their title. Okay. And it might help you to close your eyes as I'm reading it and just let yourself try to picture the dream. Sometimes that's really helpful. I had been in a synagogue with a skull cap on. And that's what Jewish people wear, 
on their head. I was also carrying my Bible. As I left, I put my skull cap into my underwear so no one would see it. I was walking across a field, feeling very uneasy. There was a Middle Eastern man walking in the same direction. Another man came over to me to see what I was carrying. When he saw it was a Bible, he was very angry. He took a handkerchief out of his pocket and put it over my head, and at the same time, he was going to cut my throat with a very thin bladed knife. Okay, this isn't literal, guys, okay? He's not about to meet some people that are going to kill him. I called out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I was unafraid in the dream and in the natural. Okay, so this guy thinks he has it all figured out. He thinks this is about being martyred for Jesus. That's not what this dream is about at all. So who's the dream about? Dreamer. And we have this really interesting thing. He has a skull cap on, right? Um, but what does he do when he walks out of the synagogue? He hides it. It doesn't really matter where he hid it. He just hid it. Um, he's hiding his heritage or his roots. It sounds like he's a Jewish believer. And so when he's walking out of the synagogue, he's hiding his roots. He's, he's holding a Bible, and that represents Christianity. And then he's walking through this field. Fields are almost always about harvest, you know, something about harvest. And then we have this guy that's about to cut his throat. Well, when you cut someone's throat, you silence their voice. This isn't about someone physically harming him. So the interpretation, God is revealing that you have embraced Jesus as Messiah, but you feel you need to hide your Jewish roots. You want to share your faith, but your inability to embrace who you are is influencing the way others perceive you. This dream is not about martyrdom. Rather, God is bringing your self-image to your attention so you can correct your attitude toward your heritage and embrace who you really are. This is really important for this person. Um, they need to embrace who they are and then also be able to embrace where they're going. When you hide your heritage, you lose legitimacy with people you're trying to reach. He's out in the harvest field, and those people just get mad at him. This hinders or even stops your voice in their lives. God created you, and he is encouraging you to embrace your heritage as you follow after him. That's kind of a hard dream, and I spent a long time on it. Got an excellent on it. <laughs> but it, this is important for this person. This probably changed their life. So, but you could tell just by the title what he thought it was about. Okay, toilet dreams. This is a really bad one, too. Okay, we're talking about self-conditioned dreams. And just, just listen to the tone of this dream. I went to stay as a guest at my friend Kay's parents' house. It was a huge house with seven or eight bedrooms. Her parents were away, so we had the house to ourselves. Our friend Jim was also staying over. Kay gave me a nicer room than Jim. My room had a bathroom attached, and Jim's did not. We had dinner, and then Jim went up to use the bathroom. I decided to go to my room to read. At some point, I had to use the bathroom and reflected upon how nice it was to have my own private bathroom. It sounds like this guy has a little pride going on, maybe. <laughs> I think so. This is funny. I discovered that the bathroom was no longer an enclosed room attached to my bedroom. The bathroom was actually outdoors, and it was just a toilet out in the middle of the yard. Okay, that's bad enough, but it gets worse. Apparently, I didn't realize this until after I sat down on the toilet. <laughs> I also discovered that on either side of the yard were two restaurants with outdoor patios. <laughs> 
This is bad. Some diners were no more than three or four feet away from me. Can you imagine the panic? (laughs) I felt really embarrassed and had to figure out how to get away without being noticed. (laughs) This is a bad dream. (laughs) So who's this about? No, it's not a flesh dream. This is, this is, this is. So all those details about the big house and all that, none of those really make a difference. None of those had anything to do. And like I said, we don't have time to really go into detail on all that. But none of those made any difference with this dream. So you can just toss them out. So we have this bathroom that's outdoors. This is going to be a public cleansing. There's no hiding out for him. It's going to be done in public, really public. Now, restaurants, a lot of times in dreams, restaurants have to do with preparing spiritual food. But you can't ever just pick your book up and lick your thing up. And Okay, that's what that means. You always have to ask God. That's one reason I like this dream. And this dream... It's just a public place of meeting. He's out in the middle of everybody. But then his friend, his friend had a private bathroom, right? He got to go. It wasn't attached to his room, but it was private. And then a key detail was he was embarrassed, and this is literal. He's, he's embarrassed. So here's the interpretation. <laughs> God is revealing your need to deal with some spiritual and or heart issues. Now, I want to say pride, but it doesn't say that, so I'm not going to say it. But there's obviously some kind of issue going on with this guy. Others you know may have been through this in private, the other guy. And you may expect the same. He's expecting to have a private bathroom. However, God is revealing that for you, this will occur in full view to those around you. Sometimes it's just that way, and we just have to be willing to walk through it. Okay, So it's not a bad dream, but it's bringing things into focus very sharply for this dreamer. I would not want to have that dream. (laughs) Okay. And this is great. This is a one-line dream, and most people would not pay attention. It's one sentence. They named it Praying Naked Husband. (laughs) I saw my husband kneeling at our bedside naked and praying to the Lord. Most people, they probably wouldn't think much about that. So who's this dream about? It's about the husband, that's right. This isn't about the dreamer, this is about the husband. And he's praying, that's literal. And he's kneeling, that's humility. And he's naked, he's very vulnerable. So here's the interpretation. God is showing you a prophetic picture of your husband seeking God in humility and allowing himself to be vulnerable and open to the Lord. How many praying women would just go crazy over that? It would just be such an amazing thing to realize that God was working. They might not see any evidence of it yet. So this is a fantastic dream. And most people would just go right past it. So remember, being naked really isn't about being naked. Okay, let's, real quick, we'll do courage, encouragement dreams. These dreams give us courage to do something we might not otherwise have the courage to do or encourage us that we will accomplish the thing we're believing for. So I give an example. In Genesis 31, 10 through 12, we have Jacob. He's over there serving his father-in-law, being cheated time after time after time. And... God gives him this crazy plan to ask for the speckled and spotted sheep and goats. Well, those are the ones he had been taught his whole life. Everything he knew about animal husbandry was those are the weak ones. But God gives him this dream, and it says, And it came about at the time when the flocks were mating that I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream And behold, the male goats who were mating were striped, speckled, and mottled. 
So this gave him courage to make a deal with Laban, and Laban thought he was going to get him again for the spotted ones, the speckled ones, and they were the strong ones. And he became a very rich man because of that, but it came in a dream. Um, okay, I'll just do two real fast. This one's called Moose with an exclamation point. I was in New Hampshire or perhaps Vermont in a little mountain town. I looked up and saw a moose coming down from the mountain and into the town. Then I looked around and saw that quite a few moose were milling around in the town. I was so excited and I was jumping up and down yelling, look at the moose, look at the moose. To myself I was thinking, I've been praying to see a moose in the wild for so long now, and they put in parentheses, I have in the natural too, every time I travel to a place that might have a moose, I pray that I'll get to see one. And now God has sent a whole herd of them. This was a delightful dream. So who's this dream about? Dreamer. So what is this moose? A moose represents power, like big time power. They are so powerful and big. And then, okay, so we have a mountain. Mountains are almost always significant. It talks a lot about the presence of the Lord because you go up the mountain to the presence of the Lord. And then he's in this town. The town is right at the foot of the mountain, so it's close to the presence of the Lord. And a key detail is it's delightful and he's praying. Those are both literal things. So the interpretation, you've been praying to see God's power and you have positioned yourself in a place near God's presence. He's in the town close to the mountains. God is encouraging you that you will not only see his power, but you will see it in a big way as you draw near to him. That's a super encouraging dream. And because in the natural he's interested in moose, he might just have missed that totally. and just think that was... Just a cool dream. I'm going to share one more with you real quick. This is a dream I had. And at the time, I, I sent it in to have it interpreted because I was having a lot of spiritual warfare at the time. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something. And I named it Identical Twin Girls Not Really the Same. And this was back in 2013. I was working, and someone handed me a baby girl swaddled in a blanket. They handed me what appeared to be her identical twin, but something wasn't right. To my eyes, both babies looked exactly the same. They were wrapped the same, handed to me the same, but in my spirit, I know something was wrong with the second one. Somehow, she wasn't real. A story Patricia King told came to mind about a person she once witnessed to on the street. She said when she looked into their eyes, there was no soul. Like she was talking about the Nephilim, I think. That's how this felt. She was talking, oh, let's see. When I woke up, I felt it was the second time this happened, but I don't remember any more of the dream. I don't remember any color except the light-colored blankets the babies were swaddled in. So I got distracted by that little part about <laughs> Patricia King and the Nephilim and all that. And I thought I knew what this dream meant, but I, I thought, man, I'm under such attack right now. I just kind of wanted some confirmation. So here's their interpretation. Your dream is an encouragement dream, letting you know that as new things come your way, you have the ability to discern any opportunities that may appear normal or even equal, but have no life behind the scenes. That's great. You're given this dream to sharpen your awareness of your gift of discernment and to rely on it as you are faced with decisions of what to embrace or not to embrace. You have what it takes to know what's real, and you can count on what you're sensing. And it was really interesting because I've really prayed about that. Um, I've had discernment since I was little and I didn't understand it. And it, 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 it's hard when you don't know what it is. And I would think, man, I'm being the judgmental of somebody or different situations. 
because I just didn't understand. I remember one time I came home from work and my parents, my parents were just so excited about everything because they grew up in a traditional church and they were just so excited about embracing everything God had. And sometimes they, they jumped a little quickly into things. But I came home from work and my whole family was home and this guy was there and he was a traveling uh, preacher, I guess. And I don't know what it was, but he just creeped me out totally. And I, they were in there singing worship songs and I just went to my room. I felt, and I felt so bad. I felt guilty because I felt this way about him. And it turns out he stayed with us for three or four days and my oldest sister had gotten divorced and she was living with us. And for three to four days, he tried to use the Bible to get her to sleep with him and to take care of his needs because, and he used all this scripture. So he was a total fraud. <laughs> and I knew that in my spirit, but I didn't know what to do with that. And so this dream was really encouraging to me. And God has just continued to increase that as I've gone after it. So dreams, dreams can do so much. Uh, they can warn you. They can encourage you. There's just so many things they can do. That's really all we have time for tonight. We'll pick up next week. We'll pick up right where we left off. But the thing about dreams I, w- I want to get across to you is they're not easy. You do have to take time. It's not like getting a prophetic word where it's just very literal. But it's so worth digging it out and it's God's language you know I think I said this last week if you fell in love with somebody and you didn't speak their language you wouldn't think it was too much effort to learn how to communicate with them and it's the same with God this is just another part of his language and he loves it when we pursue him and he always increases it as we pursue him so I'll leave you with that